Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. I'm Zach Drew. And I'm Andrew Bellers. So, as you know, last week, uh, some of our equipment failed here at the studio. Uh, and we weren't able to film our regular show. And I really yeah. didn't like it. It was, it was just, I love doing the show every week. And the, the very fact that we weren't able to do it, it was, uh, it just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. But it put a fire uh, beneath me to do a couple of different things. We actually filmed a quick YouTube video or a little video from my computer mm -hmm. and then we published on Facebook, we published it on YouTube, basically just letting you guys know what was going on um, and that we were going to be buying new equipment and we asked for some help. I want you to know that everything is fixed here at the studio and we were actually able to buy uh, a great deal of equipment and I will begin filming as well throughout the week mm -hmm. on YouTube. And this is an incredible thing at, at, at my home office. Right. Okay. So this is an awesome thing, but I want to give a special shout out. I'm going to tell you what we're the few, the short future of of where we're going in, in the next few months. But I just want to give a special shout out to people that rose up and and really just stood with us in this time of need. They, I know that these people they don't want a, a shout. They don't they don't care if they are, they're recognized or not. But I just I want to do it to honor you. I just want to say a special thank you to to Harold. Um, and Stan, actually both of those people are from Illinois. A special thank you to Ann and Hank and some of our, uh, inter our, our online givers, Amber, Olivia, Susan. You have all blessed us in our time of need and you have made it possible for us to continue moving forward. Exciting things are on the horizon. And also just a huge thank you for our monthly reoccurring uh, partners that stand with us on a monthly basis. This is what we did with the funds. We were able to buy some new equipment. Go ahead, Ricky, go ahead and put that uh, picture up right now. This is some of the equipment that we bought. Some things that aren't pictured there is we also were able to buy for this an, an iPad Pro that will be used for uh, a teleprompter. And so we were able to buy all of this. We're actually going to, this weekend, I'm gonna be buying lights and I'm gonna be buying the full-blown teleprompter and I still actually am going to need a desk as well so there is still a couple more items but I just Andrew I was blown away I, <laughs> it's I, awesome it was cool because they the people gave they saw a need and they gave and it was just it was such an encouraging what thing. happened is literally you directly helped us to make more content I mean what you did will the effect of what you did is directly us making more content which is awesome and so here's the thing so we're going to keep doing our regular you know, 28.30, half an hour show every Friday here at the studio in Sullivan, Illinois. But by me having this uh, studio in my office, there's 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 a time at least only once a week mm -hmm. where something is just burning on my heart in that moment. And it's just like, uh, I, it just like, oh, I don't want to wait until Friday. Well, I won't have to mm -hmm. do that anymore, thanks to you. Because, you know, here's the thing. Our show, uh, it is different than other shows that you that you may watch. We are a content-driven show right now. Yeah. We don't have any advertisements, so there's no revenue for that. We, we're not a product-driven show. We don't have any, any, any product either. Mm -hmm. It really is just content. So the way we survive is basically, if you enjoy our content, if you believe in what we're doing, and you believe in the vision of what the Lord has called us to do, mm -hmm. then People give. It literally is, is, is as simple as that. But I just yeah. want to thank you for that. So expect some new stuff. It's going to take probably, 
Uh, well, I have to order the lights, have to order mm -hmm. the teleprompter. Um, I gotta find a desk, so hopefully I can I can order that this week, not the desk, but and everything will be up and running uh, hopefully in the next two weeks or so. Yeah. So very very exciting. Okay, let's jump into it. Okay. There is heavy stuff that we need to talk about. I want to give you an update on the bill SB thirteen that was in Oklahoma. Right. All right. SB 13, Senate Bill 13. It was the bill that Christians dream of going through. All right? It was the bill that would have literally criminalized and treated abortion like a homicide. Yeah. It would have criminalized and abolished abortion. That is what SB 13 was going to do. So on our previous broadcast, we actually encouraged people to email uh, Senator Smalley to say, hear this bill on the floor. We're going to be giving a short update on what happened and then be sharing just some special insights that you probably have not heard before on this subject matter. So by a quick way of review, I'm going to kind of blow through this really quick review and then we're going to get into it. Okay, so first of all, what is SB 13? So Senator Joseph Silk of Oklahoma, Senator Joseph Silk, he mm -hmm. is a born-again believer, lover of Jesus. He literally, Andrew, he entered into office for the purpose of, of abolishing abortion. Yeah. That's why he entered into office. For this purpose alone. Yeah, and he didn't even care. He didn't even care if he was reelected. Hmm. I mean, that's how much he... I mean, that, that, that's that, the kind of person I want to vote for. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so this legislation, so he pre-filed SB 13, which was called the Abolition of Abortion in Oklahoma Act. The legislation would have abolished and criminalized abortion in Oklahoma, making it a felony homicide. Now, Joseph Silk, uh, he had stated that Senator Smalley, State Senator of Oklahoma, Senator Smalley, he is the man that is in control of what gets heard. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't opposed to the idea of SB 13 uh, being heard on the floor, but he was concerned about the public support because if it was heard on the Senate floor, it would have created a massive amount of controversy all throughout America, and rightly so. I mean, abolishing abortion and criminalizing it like a homicide, this is, this is what, I am in full support of that. Right. That is, because here's the thing, Here, here's a newsflash, the baby is the victim. Mm. Think of it like this. There was a, actually a recent story. I think his name was something Watts, okay? All right. He, he was a crazy, insane man. And he was married, had a couple of little girls. And, well, he was kind of getting dissatisfied with his life. So he got himself a young, cute girlfriend, right? That's the part of the story. So they start having an affair, and he realizes that his wife and two girls are holding him back. They're an inconvenience to him. He wanted to start off out on this new life, and they were just, they really were, they were an inconvenience. That's the key word. They were inconvenience. They, yeah. they wouldn't, if they were in the picture, he couldn't go and accomplish what he wanted in life. So what he did was he strangled his wife. And he killed his two little girls. Now, who's the victim in this story? 
So what's crazy is that this guy pretended like he was the victim. And I can't even imagine being on the jury. Like, are you an insane person? Are you an idiot? I mean, seriously, how, how can you think that you are the victim? You killed your wife. You killed your two precious girls. You are not the victim. They are the victim. But you see, in today's world, with abortion logic, mm -hmm. he is the victim. And the two little girls and the wife, they are the inconvenience that are stopping him from getting to where he needs to be in life. You see, and, go ahead. Inconvenience is the right word because when you look at, I mean, the self-professed reasons that women get abortions, um, when when the left makes these these pushes for well you know what about in the case of rape what about in the case of incest what about in the case where it's medically necessary or else the woman will be in danger for her life and altogether those make up probably less than five percent mm -hmm. over ninety That's the exception over, exactly over ninety percent over ninety percent of women who are getting an abortion today abortion by the way which is which is technically the leading cause of death in our country. And I, and I will say, and I know that you're in agreement with this as well. Yeah. I, I am okay with, I even hate to say the term, I'm okay with abortion, but if the mother's life is at risk, yeah. then it really, it really is, you know, you don't want to call it self-defense. I mean, that's a horrible mm -hmm. thing. But it, it, it would be regarded in that type of light where if the, if the woman's life truly is at risk, she will die. Yeah. Not an inconvenience, not, hey, you're going you're gonna to be really sick throughout this pregnancy. This is going to be really hard on you. But whenever mm -hmm. her life truly is in jeopardy, it, it, it is a, a different situation. I Absolutely. Believe. I 100% I agree. And I think even that we need to bring some light on or we need some more information on because uh, these, especially lately, these late-term abortion bills... Uh, the one that was passed in New York, the ones that are that are Virginia, being pushed, yeah. mm -hmm. um, they, uh, the, an instance where a woman would have to have an abortion. Now, abortion has to be strictly separated from an induced labor, because if you have a thirty-week-old baby and you have to induce labor because there's complications, that is very distinctly different from going in and crushing a baby's skull or, you know, what they do in abortions. They, that's exactly what they do. They rip it limb from limb. The intention of an abortion is is not for the baby to live. So even in those cases, I, I mean, I think people, we sort of fall into this trap with those situations that we don't have to because if you're 30 weeks pregnant, you don't need an abortion to save your life. That's you right. might need to induce labor. You might need to have a C-section, but... It, what we were saying is that those are the fringe issues. Those are the, the, the yes, exceptions. It is. The 90% of the time, it, it is a number of issues that can basically boil, be boiled down to convenience. Exactly. Exactly. So here's the thing. SB 13 was not heard on the floor. It did not get the public support that it needed. Now, we asked our viewers and other people ask their congregations to enter to to send in an email to the senator who controls what's heard on the floor and people did people responded there was actually tens of thousands of people that that emailed senator uh smalling now there needed to be probably about a million 
because she didn't have to be from Oklahoma. It's a matter of flooding mm. their email. And it didn't happen. And I just say, you know, I so look forward to the moment where the church wakes up. Okay, when the church wakes up and realizes that the power that God has given them to advance his kingdom in a mighty and powerful way. Wake up, church. We celebrate these most ridiculous victories in the pro-life industry. Yeah. Widening the halls, giving the girls a, a, a nicer waiting room, giving the girls a safe place to change. It's like, they, or, even, or even the heartbeat bill. Oh, now I'm ruffling some feathers. <sighs> People are celebrating the heartbeat bill. Okay, yeah, it's going to save some lives. But you're literally celebrating regulation. You need to be celebrating abolition, the abolition of abortion. Do you realize it's like, okay, well, Zach, you kind of are, are, are offending me. But do you realize how easy it is not to find a heartbeat? And if Planned Parenthood is searching for that heartbeat, a multi-billion dollar organization, if they're, like, they, that's their job security. Listen, sweetheart, I know you don't want to have this baby. And if we can't find that heartbeat, well, then you can you can have that abortion. Okay, well, let's just put it anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like they can put it anywhere. Planned Parenthood is not on your side. It's so easy to not find that heartbeat. All right, here's another one that Christians are celebrating, the trigger law. There's been five, six, seven states that have that have a, created a bill that if Roe v. Wade, the ruling in 1973, 1973 that legalized abortion mm. throughout America, if it's overturned, if it is overturned, they will have a bill set in place that their state would abolish abortion and. Christians are celebrating it. This is not a victory. Yeah. This is more regulation for the pro-life industry to keep you in their in their hook because they rely on millions and millions of dollars coming into their organization from Christians like you and I, like you and I, and they give us these little bitty so-called victories mm. to keep them in business. You see, the pro-life industry, I have this here, I said on the previous show, the pro-life narrative in America is a Christless narrative. It is not gospel-centered. It's not a gospel-centered narrative. Now, evangelicals and other Christian fundamentalists like myself would like to end abortion completely. Therefore, they identify as pro-life. Their argument, my argument, your argument is Christ-centered. Mm -hmm. But the DC narrative's argument is not anywhere close. I am pro-life, but those who control the pro-life industry are not pro-life. Their goal is not to ultimately end abortion now, but to regulate it. They're not pro-life. They're pro-regulate life. All right? And they sucker us yeah. for these cheap victories. See, this trigger ban that would ban abortions if Roe v. Wade is overturned is a is a cop-out. I'm passionate. Abortion <sighs> is literally... I. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I've hated it for, as long as I can remember. And I hate it even more that I have a daughter. I am so yeah. in love with my little daughter, Anessa. Anessa Olive Drew. 
I am so in love. I so look forward to seeing her every day. She is just the joy of my life. Her, you know, she takes up so much place in my heart. I mean, seriously, I'm not trying to be too corny and cheesy, but yeah. she really does. I love my little girl so much. And to think that it is legal to abort such a, and to kill, I don't even abort, to kill and to murder such a precious gift in life is, is beyond me. Yeah. Is beyond me. Now, here's the thing. This trigger ban, it does nothing to, to ban it. It's a cop-out. It does nothing to save lives right now. And here's the thing. Well, Andrew, a, talk about it. Yeah, a so, bill has to go through. Let me, let me set you up. Some, something has to happen for even the Supreme Court to hear. It's, over, it's almost like, okay, well, we got a, Supreme, uh, uh, a Republican Supreme Court. Now let's have Donald Trump wave a wand, say, Supreme Court, let's talk about Roe v. Wade now. No, a bill has to be brought up, a radical mm -hmm. bill to a... And now here's the thing. Well, well they're going to do it, Zach, but maybe a bill... Well, maybe they will. But in 1973, the ones who gave us the Roe v. Wade decision, they were, it was a Republican yeah. Supreme Court. Well, the, so it's not just... It's not just the pro-life narrative that wants us to focus on Roe v. Wade. You know, Democrats, it's it's sort of they have this sort of reverse psychology that it's like Kavanaugh, you know, is is about to become or about to be admitted to the Supreme Court, and that whole that whole thing was going on, and they're they're so worried, you know, he's going to bring an end to Roe v. Wade, and I I legitimately think they they don't they're not worried about that. I don't think yeah. they're worried about that. I think they want us to put our eyes on that because they realize that laws are passed through Congress, not through courts. Yeah, courts can, it's actually illegal for courts to make law. So whenever the Supreme Court did it, it's just a radical thing. It just simply needs to be heard again. Yeah. It needs to be heard again because everybody that's in their right mind that actually understands the law said, well, what happened was actually illegal. Courts can't make new laws. It, just, it simply just needs to be heard again for people, to, for people to go back to the books and realize, oh, wow, we can't do this. And that's the thing that, uh, you know, okay, these, will, these, these trigger laws will go into effect once Roe v. Wade is overturned. Well, how will the Supreme Court hear a case that would even challenge Roe v. Wade unless first a law was passed. Like SB 13. Exactly, that challenged the verdict of Roe v. Wade. Yeah. So these laws are, they're, they are just to suppress our voice. They're, they're just to make us content and quiet again and to go about life. They are completely useless. Yes, yes. And it's like, I, I'm sitting here saying like, Lord, I am a vessel. God, please use me, use me for your kingdom, use me for your glory, Jesus. And so I'm just praying like, like my gosh, Andrew, the, and I believe the day is coming and it might take years. I don't know how long it'll take. It's the Lord's time. But whenever we have an audience of not a few thousand a week, but we have a few million people watching a week and I can go on a microphone and explain to an audience and say, everybody listening, email this senator and advocate for the lives of the unborn, SB 13. We need a million people to do this, and it will be heard on the floor. It'll cause a fire throughout the country, and it'll be heard on the Supreme Court. But, but right now, I don't know. Like, it's like, Lord, like you are sovereign. You understand everything. But like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it, because it's just like, I wish that 
I wish that the mega pastors of the world would have asked their audiences. And something could have been done. I mean, back in the back in the 60s, back in the 70s, back in the 80s, the government understood the power that the church had. I'm not going to get into it. Many people believe that, and I can actually build a case for this, that one of the reasons that they took down uh, Jim Baker and was because of his influence. Mm. Of his audience, and you know, some talk about Pat Robertson running, you know, Pat Robertson simply asking his audience to vote for him, and Jim Baker would simply just ask his audience to vote for him, and they would have uh, we got ourselves a new president, Pat Robertson as president. So it's interesting that the church had an incredible amount of power, mm -hmm. and I so look forward to that day when the church wakes up, and it'll be programs not just ours, but many like ours, mm -hmm. that our goal is to wake the church up. Andrew, say something. I mean, I, I'll keep going. If you, <laughs> if you have something to say, I, want to, I do want to encourage you, please watch our last show uh, called The Faulty Pro-Life Narrative, and we'll really fill you in on this. I'm going to say something if you're not, because I got oh, something. Go ahead. Go for Are it. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. Um, you know, we, I said that the pro-life industry is not about uh, ending life. It's about regulating it. I hear Ricky coming. How many? We got seven minutes left. Ooh, okay. Figure this one out. Here is my case case of point for the pro-life industry not wanting to end abortion, but to regulate it. So two years ago, Joseph Silk, the senator in Oklahoma, the, the one that's a born-again believer, not, not Smalley who controls what's heard, but mm -hmm. the born-again believer, Joe Silk, did something very similar to SB 13. Uh, two years ago, and it was called SB 1118, and it was he tried to abolish, um, you know, abortion and, and criminalize it. Mm -hmm. But Tony Lowinger, okay, this is like, you know, if we had sound effects on the show, you hear the wah wah wah, like pay attention, <laughs> wah wah wah, like here it is. Tony Lowinger, who is the vice president of the National Rights of Life, a pro. Life establishment, one of the largest on our side, right? We'd like to think so. Mm. He essentially is the one who shot down SB 1118 two years ago. He was asked how this pro-life legislature would vote in Oklahoma for SB 1118, and he told them not to vote on it. Let that sink in. Because it would do away with all the pro-life legislation. Yeah, Praise it's a God good thing. For, that is a good thing. Yeah. Get rid of that ridiculous legislation that's already in place, which would be a good thing. Do you realize this trigger law? I'm going to put that. Hey, this, this one will throw you for a loop. Do you realize that if the trigger law, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, um, the trigger law that Oklahoma is trying to pass right now, instead of SB 13, which would have been the good thing, right? they're trying to pass SB 195, which is SB Center Senate Bill, Senate, Senate Bill 195, which is a trigger law. Do you realize that if Roe v. Wade is overturned and that abortions will still be legal in Oklahoma because the pro-life legislation that's set up. That's how how twisted is that? It's wild to me. It's so backwards. It is. So, hey, Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So with that being said, here is a picture from just a couple weeks ago. Um, this is uh, uh, concerning the new bill that we have been talking about that was was not heard, the good one, SB 13. Are we okay, Rick? Everything going good? All right. Here is the picture to illustrate our point. 
is taking this for a couple weeks ago, Tony Lowinger, the vice president of the National Right to Life. Photo on the screen. Hmm. This photo was taken by a supporter of SB 13 who was there. Tony has been very vocal about his opposition to the bill. And in this photo, he is sitting beside Planned Parenthood supporters. They are united in opposition to SB 13, which would end abortion for all in Oklahoma. I'm, I think what we're talking about is so important because this is something my eyes weren't open to, that the pro-life movement, the pro-life narrative is not pro-life. Exactly. I don't know, man. I'm just, I think, I think this is such an important thing to talk about. Yeah, and the divide is getting crazy. I'm mean, to think, Andrew, that uh, some of these senators that voted for the late-term abortion, yeah. six of those senators, okay, have announced that they're running for president in 2020. So a part of the Democratic platform in 2020 is literally going to be, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean late-term abortion. I meant, I meant after the woman gives birth is what I meant to say. Well, it's after a failed abortion. After so a failed abortion, if the baby's on the table, they can kill it. Yeah. Six senators... Democratic senators that want to be your president in 2020 are A-OK. -okay. Well, there's just such a contrast between... So in the 90s, the, the, the Democratic platform, their, their stance on abortion was safe, legal, and rare. And that's, that's, that was sort of like what they were pushing. We want abortion to be safe. We want it to be legal. But we want it to be rare. And now it's literally abortion on demand whenever you want it at any point in the pregnancy. And this, I mean, what we're talking about, here's the article. Uh, so it says, Democratic senators running for president in 2020 all voted for infanticide. It says, all six Democratic U.S. senators running for president voted recently against requiring medical professionals to save a child born alive. So the child is born alive after a failed abortion, and they're saying, leave it on the table, let it die, don't give it any medical help. This is a this is a live-born child. We're not talking about we're not having a debate about where life begins anymore. This is not does it happen at conception? Is it viability? That's it's not even their platform anymore. Uh, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, all of these people that are running in 2020, Kirsten Gillibrand, Amy Klobuchar, Klobuchar, I don't know how to say her name. Klobuchar. <laughs> Uh, Elizabeth she didn't Warren. Expect you to pronounce her name right. Well, <laughs> so the act would, would say that healthcare practitioners they have to ensure that if a child is born, that they would give it care, and they're saying no. So, it's all of these. Every argument that you can hear for abortion is a facade. It is not a genuine argument when they when they say, "What if the woman is is." Uh, is raped what if it's what if the child is a product of incest what if you know what if there are no government programs and she can't raise the child what you know what if what if what if they don't care they don't care at all they don't care about life they don't care about the life of the child if they did they would not they would not vote against this bill this is our prayer scripture we're going to end with this joshua 21 through 45 
The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. So it says, And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. We come against the evil spirit of abortion in America. And we just simply crush that beneath our feet by the authority that Jesus has given us. We just we speak it into life. We speak, speak it into existence today that the enemy of abortion would be finished in Jesus' name. Hey, like I said, we don't have advertisements. We don't have products. We're simply just a content-driven show. So we just, we literally survive off of the gifts of the partners. Consider standing with us, one-time gifts, or even standing with us for the long haul and becoming a monthly partner. You can write us at IGBY PO Box, 797 Decatur, Illinois, 62525. And we have our, our online giving is growing. People are enjoying that. You can just simply click a button and never have to worry about, you know, writing in, writing a check, writing anything in every month. Just go on our website at www.zachdrewshow.com. Click the donate button, and there's two different types of payment services, PayPal or Tithely. Tithely is a Christian payment system that people are using. Uh, about 6,000 churches are using it in the States right now. Hey, I love you guys, and I love doing what I'm doing. I feel called of God to do this, and I know Andrew does too. I do. We'll see you next week.